hello, hello, and welcome to the Pottervision podcast, the podcast where every week, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and this man, Tom Lawrenson, we look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books and use them to converse together with each other. This week, we're on episode 75. Feels significant, doesn't it? It's chapter 18 of the Goblet of Fire, the weighing of the wands. Tom, uh, I know the answer, but how are you? I am unwell, you oh. sevens. I am unwell. Oh. I have caught after two years of dancing between the raindrops. Unfortunately, I have caught coronavirus disease 2019. And for those of you watching on video thinking I'm a moron, I am sat next to Tom <laughs> because I have coronavirus disease as well. Whoa. Which year? Eh? Which year? Uh, I've got the 2019 one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, who'd have thought it spreads? You can catch it off other people. Mm. Horrible, isn't it? Who knows where we caught it? Who knows? Sharing that spaghetti meal. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that lady in the tramp kiss. Oh. No, we got worse. We were flicking a meatball back and forth, weren't we? <laughs> Playing tonsil tennis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been quite ill. You were you were a bit ill before I was a bit ill. Yeah. I'll I'll not deny it. COVID that is. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I was on these. I started to think hubris got the better of me, better mm. of me, and I began to think I will never catch coronavirus disease 2019. I'll, yeah, I'll never catch it. <laughs> I think everyone in the world, even my loved ones, and you, who said you've had it. Yeah, I have had I it. Thought yeah. everyone was lying. I thought everyone was a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> but then I caught it, and now I don't know what to think. Yes, it kind of made you question your own reality. Yeah, yeah, it's been a... Yeah. Well, I've... I've loved it in a way. Have you? <laughs> I know a lot of people have had, like, you know, uh, a bad time of it. But in many, way, in many ways, I've seen it as a blessing. For me, I can't speak for anyone else. But just for me, it's yeah. been so nice to finally get some time to spend inside my own house with, uh, you know, yeah. not, not as much to do. Oh, because poor Lucy's had it as well, hasn't she? Yeah, she's had it. I think she gave it me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're blaming it on her, aren't we? She's patient zero in the pot of vision oh, bubble. Oh, patient zero! <laughs> but yeah, but you you weren't well with it, and neither was I. Well, I'm still a little bit poorly. You st- how are you feeling today? Uh, I'll I tell you what, pal, I'm going to milk this for as long as I can. Yeah, yeah, why I not? I still feel awful. I've never felt worse. <laughs> I think I've yeah. got that long COVID. Yeah, it's been at least four days, isn't it? That's long. For me, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I was in bed, couldn't really get out of bed the first two days. Oh, yeah. Um, Having a big wank, were you? Excuse me. <laughs> remove that from the podcast. That is, this is a family podcast. As you remind me every week. I was ill. I couldn't really do much. I went down to get a bowl of cereal and had to come back up and lie down because I got tired. Oh, God. I know. And now it's day six, I think. Uh, still got a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a cough and a cold, but hopefully I'm on the right end of it now. Oh yeah, what have you been up to? What have you been eating? 
What have you been watching? What have you been bleating? <laughs> you are a sheep with white wool. Uh, when you eat food, you get very full. Uh, to get yourself to sleep, you count yourself. Uh, to organise your things, you put them on a shelf. Lovely! I thought you'd, I thought you'd driven yourself into a dead-end road with self, but you, you pulled it back with shelf. What a lovely improvised poem. Um, improvised. I've been, I've been working on that for absolutely months. <laughs> and then he comes back, oh, I must be improvised. Well, uh, I've been eating... I did a big Sainsbury's order for delivery when I knew I had COVID. And I've been eating Weight Watchers meals. Because I thought I'll try and lose a bit of weight while I'm lying in bed doing nothing. Oh, yeah. So I've had, uh, had a, a lemon and chicken risotto. Oh, yeah. That was all right. And I had a, a, one of those Weight Watchers beef hot pots. I've gone the opposite <laughs> way. I've been trying. Well, I've not, I've not been trying. I've given up. I'm like, well, if I can't, you know, I'm just going to. If I can't exercise, I go outside. I'm going to eat like a pig. And I've been eating bowl after bowl <gasps> after bowl after bowl of cereal. Oh, I've been having cereal. Crave cereal, I've been having. Because it's chocolate. Yeah, it's chocolate. <laughs> you know cereal. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> chocolate and milk. Chocolate and milk. I've been having Nesquik cereal. Oh, chocolate. classic. Chocolate. <laughs> uh, what have I been doing with myself? I've been reading a book. I've been playing Spyro the Dragon. I bought the reignited Spyro trilogy on Nintendo Switch, and I've done the first two games 100%, and I'm on the third one. I bet you'll give up. No, no, no. It's, well, do you know what? I may Excuse have, me. What? If I say you'll give up, you will give up. Yes, master. <laughs> do you know what? I might have done. Do you know what I mean? I might have done. Who says I wouldn't have done? But because you've said that, now I'm even more determined to complete the game and get 100%. Prove me wrong, young whippersnapper. Prove I me will. wrong. You've been playing the old Switch, haven't you? I've been playing The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. What's the goal of that? What's Link up to? Just effing have a good time. Cook a bit of food. <laughs> Look after yourself. Is that what it is? Is it like survival? Improve on yourself. Is that what you do? Collect some goblin guts. Collect some goblin guts. That's what I was after. Yeah. yeah. Goblin guts. Bit what? of this, bit of that. Is the, is the universe in peril? What's the deal? In Spyro 3 that I'm on in the minute, Somebody has stolen all the dragon eggs and all the baby dragons. Are... Isn't that the case every Spyro? No, no, no. The first one, all the dragons were trapped in a statue. In the second one, uh, what happened in the second one? Uh, you just had to get orbs and talismans. And in the third one, someone has taken all the eggs of the dinos, not the dinos, the dragons, and spread them around the world. That's lovely. I really struggle with video games because whenever there's dialogue, I press X as quick as I can to get through it because I can't be arse reading it. Oh, but Tom, sometimes the dialogue has helpful information which might get you through the game easier. You're telling me. <laughs> Did you miss some vital info? I miss, I miss info constantly. Yeah. Because they're too slow with it. Yeah. Just give me, you know, give me the gist. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't peppering clues. Oh, my one bit of beef about video games is they always have the text bloody going slower than I read it, you know, appearing on the screen. Yeah, it's too slow. Just be there or be square. Show me the text. Mm. Let me be in charge of the reading speed, please. Let, let him be him. Let me be me. Let he be he. Yeah. Let us be who we want to be. 
Otherwise, I don't think I have any news. We did a, a we've not spoken about. We the Pottervision boys were sent to Belfast. Yeah. Pottervision does Belfast. Yeah. We were sent to Belfast and uh, we had a cracking good time, if you don't mind me saying. Oh, it was the biggest audience we've ever had. It was a wonderful venue and a bloody cracking Northern Irish audience, and thank you to everyone who came yeah. to see us. It was, <laughs> it was great. I loved everyone in the audience. Uh, I had a great time. The only bad thing was the plane on the way back. Was that not the worst aeroplane of your life? Oh, was it? There and back were the top two, I would say. The yeah. turbulence over the Irish Sea. It we, was, like, ridiculous. No exaggeration. We plummeted on the way back. Yeah, we did. We did a nosedive. There was the air hostess flew into the air. Did you see her? <laughs> no, I missed that bit. <laughs> the air hostess flew into the air. Yeah. Uh, two people were spontaneously sick. They vomited onto their laps. Yeah. It stank. Um, Honestly, a we A woman were... went into labour. Um... Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Honestly, we were like lifted up and down off our seats, bouncing around like a Barnes Wallace bomb. We were. It was a Barnes Wallace bomb. You know what a Barnes Wallace bomb do- <laughs> is, don't you? <laughs> it's the bouncing bomb. We all know what a Barnes Wallace bomb is. Hey, Pottervision listeners, if you know what a Barnes Wallace bouncing World War Two bomb is, let us know, please. It's the Barnes Wallace bomb. Bounces. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look. It's been 75 episodes. I've resisted making a reference to the Barnes Wallace bomb until today. I gotta get some off my chest. Oh, yeah. So, in a grand day out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of Wallace, yeah. In a grand day out, Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Wants to go on holiday, right? Yeah. When he's in his flat. We've got no <laughs> signal that this man is an inventor, do we? No, no. No, he's just chilling, isn't he? He's just he's got nothing in his flat that suggests that he's a, an inventor, right? <laughs> <laughs> he decides he wants to go on holiday to the moon. Oh yeah, why not? So he builds himself a rocket. <laughs> yeah. Right? Goes there, comes back. In a wrong trousers, the follow-up to this. Yeah. Wallace is now an inventor. Yeah. Everything in his house is non-stop inventions. He falls through the ceiling to get out of bed. Yeah. Uh, his toast, uh, the jam, he sh- shoots itself. You know, the toast yeah, goes yeah, yeah. flying. Yeah. He makes a pair of trousers that walk about. When did he become this inventor? Just because a man builds a <laughs> rocket does not make said man an inventor. Hey, look, if you successfully build yourself a rocket from scratch that does a successful voyage to the moon and back, the obvious next step is a machine that puts jam on your toast. Look, guys, <laughs> imagine that at the next, the next Apple launch. Right, we've just released the iPhone 13, uh, but next up, we got a machine that puts your trousers on for you. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, you not got the new iPhone for us? Go back. No, no. The thing is, like, I never saw Wallace as this inventor. 
The original Wallace, <laughs> the original Wallace was a man of leisure, right? He was doing what he could to get, you know, the fine, the nicer things in life, yeah. a holiday, eating cheese. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so surely the second Wallace and Gromit film should have been about him going on another holiday. Yeah, another holiday. Yeah, but then in the fourth one, he's suddenly a baker. Yeah. Well, well that's a left turn as well, isn't it? He's a baker now. He's a window cleaner in a yeah. one of them. Yeah. But then, as well, they're proper sticking on his gadgets. I know, he loves the gadgets. But no, ga- no, no, he didn't, though. What? You're missing my point. In a, ro- in a grand tale, <laughs> the only gadget he had was a rocket. Yeah, and you wouldn't really call it a gadget, would you? It's a spaceship. Yeah, but so, if anything, man's an astronaut, not yeah. an inventor. Yeah, I wonder what kind of crazy contraptions Buzz Aldrin's got in his house. (sighs) Self-ironing shirts, porridge stirrers. He's probably got the lot, hasn't he? Yeah, maybe. But people might be excited to learn that next year, 2023, there's going to be a new Wallace and Gromit film. It's a new half-hour special. I'm not holding out hope. I think they're going to go silly with it again. Oh, I not... think Curse of the Were-Rabbit was too stupid. Oh, I like Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Anyway, welcome to the <laughs> Wallace and Gromit <laughs> podcast. With me, Wallace, and him, Gromit. Now, Tom. Oh, no, my name's Sean. <laughs> no, what's the dog called? Is he called like, He's Bruce? a robot dog, Preston. Preston. He's a robot dog, Wallace. It's Preston. <laughs> so, Tom, are you ready to hear a rundown of Chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands? For my sins, yes, I am. Now, I want you to start listening and no slacking. <laughs> <laughs> Harry wakes up and remembers, oh, I've had my name in the Goblet of Fire. Ron's annoyed with me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Hermione is trying to be the middle man in all this. She's in between Harry and Ron. She believes Harry, but, oh, it's all an absolute bloody nightmare. They're not getting on, and it's very sad. Uh, (laughs) I forgot what happens in this bloody chapter. Um, All the other... (laughs) Are you going to edit that out? No, he's not going to edit it! All the other houses are annoyed at him. The Hufflepuffs are annoyed. Slytherins are being annoying. And so are the bloody Ravenclaws. Anyway, Harry's about to try an antidote in Snape's lesson when suddenly Colin Creevy pulls him out of class and says, you've got to have your photo done. And he gets taken to an abandoned classroom and he meets Rita Skeeter. She's a woman with an image and she takes him into a broom cupboard and she interviews him with some very leading questions with her magic quill writing all sorts of nonsense about him that he doesn't like he's rescued by Dumbledore and then it's the weighing of the wands ceremony and who should weigh the wands but Albert, not Albus Dumbledore, <laughs> Ollivander, it's have the wand maker I have read this <laughs> I have read this chapter I've been ill since then Ollivander, he weighs the wands. He makes sure they're all working. Then Harry gets a reply from Sirius, and Sirius says, hey, be at the fire, one in the morning, 
Gryffindor Tower, be there or be square, bye-bye. And that is the weighing of the wands, I think. What a chapter. What a chapter. Harry wakes up from his four-poster bed. It's always a nice little reminder at the beginning of a chapter uh, to remember why it's fine to not, <gasps> to not like Harry Potter. <laughs> because he's in a four-poster bed. <laughs> he's in a four-poster bed. He does live the life of luxury at Hogwarts. Everybody does. Four-poster beds. You've got elves doing everything for you. You get a bloody hot bedpan. Not bedpan. What's it called? <laughs> Not a hot bedpan. The thing in the bed, they have like... Bed warmers. Bed warmers and stuff like that. They but get meals made for them. Imagine your friends complaining to you. Oh, I woke up in a right mood this morning. Did yeah. you? Tell me what happened. Well... There I was, in my silk pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> I took my eye masky off. Uh, two slices of cucumber over the eyes. Whipped yeah. them right off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for you. My servant came in and yeah. told me the bad news. <laughs> oh, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> the news is my friend's not that attracted to me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> in a plutonic way. Yeah. You'd be like, well, I'm not really that bothered. You got, you know, you got a servant. God, I can't even complain about anything. Yeah. How about that spare change you promised me? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You think, bloody hell, somebody got out the wrong side of the four poster bed this morning. <laughs> he lives the lap of luxury. <laughs> yeah. I've been wondering where has been Hermione in all this? Said, where has been. <laughs> Hermione all this time. <laughs> Where's been Hermione? Where's been Hermione in all this? They had to keep Hermione away because obviously Hermione would be the only one who would see reason. Yeah, because she's a clever girl, isn't she? You can't she? just have her there straight away. So they yeah. finally reintroduce Hermione. Of course I believe you. And immediately he cuts her off. He goes, have you seen Ron? Does he still not believe me? Listen. Yeah. She's the first person who believes you. You should be a lot more grateful that someone finally believes you. Yeah, if everyone's being a knob to you, don't be nasty to the one who's being nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good piece of advice, that, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's waking up in the morning and he sees that Ron's already gone down to breakfast. Yeah. It's a snub, isn't it? Because they must always go together. Yeah. And to have to go on your own must feel very, won't we? How's he not waking up? If, any, if I hear a single anything... In my room, I wake up. I know. I'd so, never feel relaxed sharing a room with five lads. Do you sleep with your phone on silent? Yes, and airplane mode. <laughs> well, no, I put it on airplane mode because, I, I don't know, does your alarm go off even if it's on silent? Yeah. Does it? I'm always paranoid that it won't if my phone's on silent. So I always go on airplane mode, put it on loud, maximum, and then I go to bed with the alarm on. Because of that one time where I missed my day at work and then ended up crashing my car. Bloody hell. <laughs> what a tale as old as time. I must have told that before. Yeah, yeah, you have. But yeah. let me tell you this. If you die during the night and you're a loved one of me, I'm going to find out at 8am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to find out at 8am. Because if you are in trouble and you need my help, what help could I possibly give you that... The ambulance service, the helicopter patrol, or the policeman yeah. can't give you. Uh, uh, holding your hand. 
not going to give that to anyone. That's oh. a private thing that I'm saving for marriage. That's private. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it makes me laugh how they call uh, Colin and Dennis the Creevy Brothers. Like the Cray Twins. <laughs> I put the Cray Twins. <laughs> like, they're not the Cray Twins, the two little boys. <laughs> two little boffins. The Cray Twins. Hey, if you're not careful, Colin and Dennis will be around with a Polaroid camera and autograph book. All right, so have the money with me by next Thursday. <laughs> it's the Creevy Brothers. <laughs> Who were the Creevy Brothers? Two little boys, 11 and 13. <laughs> they sound scary. Even Snape's intimidated by the Creevy Brothers. <laughs> hey, you don't want the bloody Creevies coming round, do you? Harry, leave your bag here. You'll come back to this lesson afterwards. No, Professor Snape. He's taking his bag with him. All right. I don't think you understand what I said, Severus, do you? He's coming to have his photo taken, and that's the end of it. <laughs> Bloody hell, it's the Creevies! <laughs> don't want me to go and bring my brother here, do you? No. The Creevy Brothers. They're scary! And they're both played by Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Ron is very jealous of Harry's fame. This is very sad, isn't it? Is this the first time they've fallen out? I think it is. Yeah, I think so. And it's sad when children fall out with each other. Especially sad when they're each other's only friends. And even more sad when they have to share a bedroom together. Yeah, that's true. Like, we've had a little hint of this before. Ron saying how he doesn't feel like he matches up to all his brothers and... When he looked into the mirror of Harry's head, uh, when he looked into the mirror of Harry's head, his one dream is to be like the Quidditch champion and mm. everyone to think he's great. So I do understand if you're mucking about with Harry Potter, you're always going to be playing second fiddle, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Because he's the boy who lived, for God's sake. But, Ron, you're not helping yourself out because... You have no positive qualities that we've <laughs> said time and time again. Ron, don't look to Harry. Look to yourself. And also, he's doing a very vicious thing where instead of sitting with Harry, he's sitting with all the other boys that Harry knows. Yeah. Effectively isolating Harry. Mm. It's very naughty, really, to alienate him like that. On purpose as well. I think he set his alarm early. So he can get down there and, you know, cordon Harry off from his friends. Do you know you are, Ron Weasley? You are vicious, and I don't like it. Yes. Yeah, it can be very awkward uh, falling out with people, especially when you have to, like, share the same space as them. Falling out with someone at work, falling out with a child at school. I remember falling out with kids at school. Yeah. And it's going long periods of time where, you know, mates with someone, and you have to be in the same classroom. Oh, it's awkward, isn't it? Yes. In school, you have to spend nearly every single waking bloody moment with the same group of kids. Yeah. So if you fall out, bloody awkward, isn't it? Yeah, as you say, it is fucking awkward. I did not say that. I said bloody. <laughs> we need to write to Sirius. Why? What evidence have they got? to even suggest that Sirius might be able to help them in any situation. I know, because what has he actually done? Sirius escaped from prison after being in there for 14 years, and then he got captured. <laughs> yeah, then he got captured, then he got rescued by his godson. 
And then he flew off with Bookbeak. Yeah. Man's got no skills. <coughs> Harry would be better off asking asking himself advice. Harry, ask yourself. Write a letter to yourself. <laughs> Dear Harry, what do I do? Love Harry. Send that. Give Hedwig something to do. Yeah. Mental that they throw bread at the squid. That was weird, wasn't it? Like, look, if it's bad for ducks, it's In... definitely going to be bad for a squid. I was reading the book, and it says, and Harry threw his last piece of toast into the lake. And I was like, what the fuck's he doing that for? <laughs> Don't be throwing your toast in the lake. He's and... the most wasteful boy in the world. And then a tentacle of a squid reached up and took it away. What a privileged little nit. He's waking up in his four-poster bed. He's throwing his breakfast into a lake. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry! You'll be getting a reputation. <coughs> How about in the bin? How about in the lake? <laughs> Listen, pal, you can't throw all <laughs> everything you don't want in the lake. That squid's going to have the shits. <laughs> if you're feeding him gluten. It's not the natural... Food of the squid. Justin Finch Fletchley. Oh, yeah. He's not talking to him. Oh, you're kidding. I don't see a problem there. <laughs> Everyone's favourite boy, Justin Finch Fletchley. Jay Leno Jr. Not fans, not wanting to chat to you anymore. Oh, Justin Lee Collins not wanting to speak to you. He's got that diamond face, do you remember? I always want to call him... Janet Finch Saunders. Janet Finch Saunders! Who is a local North Wales Member of Parliament. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It just sounds very similar to Justin Finch I thought Finch it was like some, it sounded like some comedy character that's like a combination of Jennifer Saunders, Janet Street Porter. <laughs> oh yeah, she does! And do you know what? I would say she looks a bit like that as well. She looks like a cross between Jennifer Saunders and Janet Streetport. Listen, she looks like a cross between of Jennifer Saunders and Janet Streetport. That's just how we feel about it. <laughs> there she is. Yeah, she looks lovely. <laughs> I don't know if she's still MP for Conway. But anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Hedwig is getting the ump because he's not being used as an owl. And it must be boring being stuck in that owlery, not flying anywhere. Hedwig, yeah. He's in the owlery saying, use me, abuse me, make the most of me while you can. I'm your owl. I'm your humble servant. Yeah. I want to carry your missives to Miss anyone. Missives? What? What's a missive? A, a, a message. Is it? Yeah. That's your new word for today, a missive. M-I-S-S-I-V-E. Hey, we're learning this week. We've got the barn was what's it called? The barn's Wallace bomb and missives. Send a missive or a message. Missive in a bottle. Missive in a bottle. Uh, I forgot what I was saying now. But yeah, put your letters in my talons or in my beak and I will take them where you want. Don't be using these school owls. Don't like it. What have they got that I've not? Anonymity. You'll be noticed, Hedwig. But Harry's like unnecessarily angry with Hedwig. It's like, I get it. You know, if you've got a pet dog and suddenly you're not taking him on walks or petting him or doing what little dogs need to do, uh. the dog would be sad, wouldn't it? 
God, yeah. And Harry's like, oh, the last thing I need you being a knob to me as well. It's funny with this champion, uh, because the championship, because Harry does not seem at all, I don't know, He's. He, I feel like he's already enthusiastic about competing. Oh, yeah. There's not a sense of him that thinks he shouldn't be having to do this. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I guess I'm competing then. Well, his whole beef in this chapter is, oh, everyone thinks I purposely put my name into the Goblet of Fire. But in the same breath, he's like, why not? I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to become the champion. (laughs) Like, Harry, we know you didn't put your name in the Goblet of Fire, but don't deny you would if you could. You've been dreaming of glory. Yeah, and he's not... (laughs) Maybe, Harry, people are more upset about you the fact that you're not stepping down. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't put my name in the Goblet of Fire, but I will be competing. Look, I didn't put my name into the Goblet of Fire. Yes, I'll be doing it. (laughs) But that's not the point. It is the point. Step down, resign. No, no, it's a magical binding contract. What, have you signed anything? No. You don't have to do it then, do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Look, I want the... I don't know if it's ever revealed, like, because he is the winner, isn't he? Well, technically, him and... Uh, well, to, to spoil it, him and Cedric touch the trophy at the same time, don't they? So, does he end up with the money? Does yeah, he... he gives it to Fred and George. Does he? Yeah. I didn't know that. In the fucking book. Read the book. I'm reading it in the time of the podcast. It's taking ages to read it. I've already read it twice over. Have you? I've read it. I read it every time I pick up the book. I read it all the way through. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm only reading a chapter a week. I'm very slow. Idiot. Ass. But yeah, he just accepts him a bit. And also, he's immediately jealous of like Cedric. Oh, he's so much more of a champion than me. Look how tall he is. Yeah, because he's the legal age. Yeah. He's tall because he's old enough. Oh, and everyone wants his signature. The only person who wants my signatures are <laughs> the Greeby twins. Yeah. Oh, it's like, imagine being an eight-year-old boy going, Oh, that man there. Not only does he get to drink, but he's taller than me as well. Because he's old enough to drink. Look how fit his wife is. Oh, I haven't even got a wife because she's seven. <laughs> Think. Uh, but yeah, crazy. And they, like when you're in a mood, you feel like everyone's against you. Like there's a bit where he's in, in the greenhouse doing herbology and he gets hit in the face by a bouncing bulb and they laugh at him. And he's like, oh, typical of me day. Harry, <laughs> no matter what's happening, somebody getting hit in the face by a bouncing bulb is funny. But can I just say, yeah, when you are in a mood, you are more likely to have bad things happen to you. Oh, yeah, because you're not concentrating on stuff, are you? Rushing around the house, you get your headphone wire caught on a door handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your jean loop caught on a door handle. Yeah. You get your bag caught on a door handle. Door handles are a menace. <laughs> but it's like when you do, like, you know... When you're doing a, like when I've been doing shows and stuff, sometimes you have a quick change, like a quick costume change. And if you just change normally, you'd get it done in time. Because you're rushing, you say, oh, I've only got a minute to get into this costume. Putting on a pair of trousers becomes the most difficult thing in the world because you're, like, you're trying to go double the quick. But then if you just like did it normally, you'd get changed in no time. But it's the rushing, it's the panic. That makes you make silly mistakes. Have you seen that viral video of a uh, someone 
pretending what it's like backstage at a costume change. No, no. So there's a play going on. Yeah. Where a guy runs off to do a costume change. Yeah. And then there's like five people around him all like putting clothes on him. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's twirling around and someone puts a bit of lettuce in his mouth and he bites it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to watch that. That sounds bloody good. <laughs> yeah, and then he like falls over and goes back out. Yeah. Dressed like, just ridiculous and then says he's lying. <laughs> You're not as loud as me on there. Well... I think maybe I am loud. I think that's loud enough. Maybe I just need to be a bit close like that. Yeah, maybe. Now, Malfoy is winding him up in care of magical creatures. But here's a statistic that Malfoy says that frightens me. He says half of the champions ever have died. (laughs) (laughs) What? Before, we were just told, oh, it's quite dangerous you know, people have died in the past. Hang on, you haven't said half. Fifty percent of participants have died doing this tournament. Thing is, I don't know about you, but call me a coward. I would not compete. I wouldn't compete. Like coward. How has <laughs> this even been brought back? Like, right, hey, you know that tournament that was banned seven hundred years ago? Yeah, the one where half of the Students taking part died. Yeah, we're going to bring it back. Well, that's what they do. If when time time passes and they go right, the people who bothered who were bothered by that aren't around as much anymore. Let's get it going again. In the early nineties, someone died on a TV show hosted by Noel Edmonds. What? Do you not know? No. They bungee jumped to their death. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> And uh, Noel Edmonds went away for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming the first time you'd heard of him was Deal or No Deal. No, Mr. Blobby. I used to watch Mr. Blobby as a kid. Well, I didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> they brought him back for Deal or No Deal, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you know uh, I used to sing lyrics to the Deal or No Deal theme tune? Do you want to hear it? Of course I do. Whenever it came on... It'd be and then I'd sing Will you deal or will you no deal? Will you deal or will you no deal? Will you deal or will you no deal? I bet Mum and Dad found this so charming. I think they did, yeah, they must have done. Darling sister. Yeah, loved it. Not so much, I imagine. Oh, I can't remember. But that was one of the only things... I think we used to watch it a couple of times together, Deal or No Deal. It's one of the things we used to like together, but we we didn't watch it a lot. But yeah, Deal or No Deal. That's my theme tune. If you want it on Spotify... I tell you what, it's not as good as the Mole song. It's not... (laughs) (laughs) Will you deal or will you no deal? You're like one of them artists that like gets worse with age. Like you're coming out with mole song when you were what, like six years old or something. No, about ten, eleven. And then deal or no deal at eighteen. It's... Not eighteen. About thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, I've gone downhill. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Uh, but yeah, deal or no deal theme. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Did I ever come up with any songs for TV shows? No. He didn't. He's a sheep. 
that just follows and listens to the theme tunes <laughs> as they should be listened. I, I did sometimes. Well, I would watch Eggheads with my mum and dad, and I would Google the answers on my phone, and then I would say them as if I'd come up with them. <laughs> did you get away with it? Did your parents believe you? Yeah, they'd both be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'd do, I'd throw in some wrong ones to throw them off the side. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> That's very clever. Oh, yeah. I remember that guy on Egghead who actually had an Egghead. What was it? Chris? Do you remember him? I remember that guy on Egghead who actually had an Egghead? <laughs> I think that's why they got him on. They were like, we've got to have someone who actually has an Egghead. I think it's because he was good at answering questions. No. Probably. But they had Judith Keppel, didn't they? Who's like millionaire winner. Oh, is she? she? She one who wants to be a millionaire, Judith Keppel. She was everyone's favourite. Oh, she was lovely, wasn't she? Now, I used to like the other one with curly white hair. She just seemed very nice. Daphne. Oh, Daphne. Hey, but there was a guy, I think he was called Trevor or Terry on the chase. Uh, not the chase, Eggheads. And uh, he once got in the way of me playing darts in uh, in a pub in Fallowfield because he was sat near the hockey. <laughs> Oh really? He used to, yeah, he used to be on the uh, on eggheads. What's the hockey? The hockey is the the bit you the bit between you and the dartboard. We're going to darts for his stag do. Oh yeah, we're gonna go to Blackpool, aren't we? We're gonna go to Blackpool. Tom, the no. Las Vegas of Europe. <laughs> of Europe? <laughs> I thought it was gonna be of the UK, but it's the Las Vegas of Europe. Tom, who is from Blackpool, uh, he could have taken me. Anywhere in the world. I'm decided to take me to Blackpool. Perfect. It's a pilgrimage. It's a pilgrimage. We'll be taking you home. We'll, uh, we'll... It's the Mecca of Europe. We're going to go on a sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to be going on a sightseeing tour. I'm going to take you to the house that my father was born in. Oh, do you know where that is? Yeah. Do you? Uh, Larbrook Avenue in Leighton. Lovely. I'm going to take you to Devonshire Road School, the school that my, my father went to. <laughs> so what did you do for uh, your stag do, Lucas? Uh, learn about me mate's dad. <laughs> went to the house he was born in. I went to the school he grew up in. I went to the pub he used to drink in. <laughs> is he still alive yet? <laughs> this is all my dad's idea, you know. Is it? <laughs> He was suggesting things to do. <laughs> to take him to the house. I'm born in. <laughs> I will do, Daddy. Take him to the lay-by he once broke down in. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> you wish. Maybe if you get married again. Excuse me? <laughs> if you renew your vows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have another stag do. <laughs> <laughs> he renews his vows every year to have another stag do in Blackpool. Hey, why not? I love to come back to Tom's dad's birthplace. Me and your dad are going to uh, bury you in the sand and build a sandcastle on your head. Oh, I don't like the idea of that. Demoralising. Me and your brother-in-law are going to leg and a wing you into the sea. Oh, that sounds more fun. I like the sea. Me and Martina's dad are going to batter you. <laughs> I'll take that just for the story. Me best man and me father-in-law... Battered me in Blackpool. <laughs> well, I think it's a lovely way to be. 
Yeah, why not? You're battered. It's a lovely way to be, battered. Look, if you're a bit sad about how your life's going, get battered. It'll give you a new perspective on the world. There's a fight in the chip shop the other night. Lucas Kirkby got battered. Hey! <laughs> you gotta love it! <laughs> but they've got these badges that say Potter Stinks on them. Oh, I love them. I love that. And I, it, I found it shocking that Harry was upset by it. Because, right, how can you be upset by that? Yeah. They've, they clearly like you. To go out of their way to make badges that say Potter Stinks yeah. means they hold a special place in their hearts just for you. It's a term of endearment. Like, if people are walking around with your name on a badge, forget the second word, stinks. They love you. Any publicity is good publicity. 100%. Even if people are slagging you off, they're talking about you. You're the talk of the town. And I love the badges. I love the badges in the film when it goes green and it makes his face go all squidgy. And he goes, oh, yeah. I, I love them. It's one of my favourite scenes in the film. I can't wait to watch this film. It's going to be a good one, isn't it? They've all got long hair. They're all horny. They've got badges. There's dragons. There's a lot of stuff going on. We finally meet Rita Skeeter. Here she comes. I'm not a fan. Oh. I don't, I dare say it, I don't think I'm meant to be a fan. This chapter and Rita Skeeter is part of the cause is very difficult because nothing is going well for Harry whatsoever, is it? No. <sighs> You're that's right. All, and that's all I've got to say on that. <laughs> I know, and she adds fuel to the fire, doesn't she? He thinks he's being rescued from potions where Snape is about to try and kill him with a, with a poison and yeah. then uh, they're going to test an antidote on him. Everyone's pecking at him. Yeah, everyone's pecking him like he's a mm. bowl of crumbs. Mm. Mm. And he thinks he's being rescued by the Creebies, and he goes out of the frying pan into the cauldron. And he's got Rita Skeeter. Oh, there's a lovely Robin Redbreast in your garden. And Rita Skeeter is not helping. She's being nasty. She's doing leading questions. She's digging into personal questions that have got nothing to do with the Triwizard Tournament. Thank you. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Not nice at all. Harry and Malfoy get into a big old argument and they have like a mini duel, don't they? And Harry... Yeah. They both miss each other, which how can you even do that with wands when you're in a classroom? How shit are you at pointing? You literally point at the person and it does it. <laughs> Harry gets Goyle by mistake and he covers Goyle with boils. He covers Goyle, I hate to say it, with boils. Goyle's not having a good run. First, Patrick Smash in Thunderpants <laughs> gets him with a lunchbox of fart powder and now he's covered in boils. Goyle and boils. It's not good. Hey, we messaged Goyle, didn't we? Did we? Uh, <laughs> I messaged Goyle on Twitter. Did you? And I said, uh, I said, hiya, Goyle. Uh, do you want to be interviewed by the Pottervision boys? Yeah. No response. <sighs> Maybe I should have called him by his name instead of Goyle. Might have helped. <laughs> and then... How many followers do you have? About 
500. I got more than that. Yeah, well, you're not going well, in, Interview me for the Potter Vision podcast. I do every week. <laughs> ask you how you're doing. Ask for your opinions yeah. on Potter-related nonsense. Yeah, but ask me about me. All right. Uh, what's your biggest wish? It's such a private question. Oh. Why are you coming in with something like that? I'm Rita Skeeter. I've been inspired. Uh, all right, let me ask you, uh, what do you eat first in a roast dinner? Do you eat the meat or do you eat the potatoes? Even more private than the last. How dare you? <laughs> all right. What's your favourite colour highlighter? I couldn't give that away. I'm sorry. This is why I don't interview him. <laughs> He's a closed book. He's an impenetrable, I can't even say it, fortress. <laughs> Impregnable. <laughs> my mum said to my sister, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on this, but my mum listened to an episode of the podcast and she went to one of my sisters, he gives a lot away on that podcast, doesn't he? <laughs> like what? I think I might have mentioned one my birthday is or something like that. <laughs> when your birthday is. Oh. Next, it'll be your mother's maiden name. <laughs> I said this to Lucy, and she was like, do you mean you, you, the guy who won't even give his own middle name away on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> gives a lot away. Oh, he gives a lot away, doesn't he? Ooh, not so if he eats meat or taters first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, Malfoy misses and gives Hermione massive teeth. Pronounced Mrs. Malfoy. Um, <laughs> she already had missing, she already had massive teeth, didn't she? I know, but it's made them even bigger. And Snape, this is awful. He goes, I see no difference. Oh, <laughs> no need for that, Professor. Oh, what did you just say? Re- really rude. She has to go to the hospital wing to get them treated. Snape, bit of respect, please. Do you want me to bring the creavies back? <laughs> Do you, Snape? We'll take that back. I'm sorry, Hermione. And Harry, it says here at one point, wanted to cut Snape into a thousand slimy pieces. Struth! (laughs) What a thing to imagine. He wants to do the Cruciatus curse on him as well. (laughs) God, this boy's angsty. We find out... In the weighing of the wands, that Fleur de la Cleur is part of Vila. I know, we were laughing at Ron two chapters ago. What, what I find funny is, wizards go on about thinking that they're better than muggles. Right? <laughs> Yet they're engaging in bestiality. Yeah, exactly. They're breeding with animals. I know, because that's what a Vila is, an animal. Like... God, I dread to think. You know, you think Agrid's half giant, half human as well. Lupin's a werewolf. What's happened there? <laughs> it's something to do with Agrid. <laughs> definitely something to do with Agrid. Something to do with Agrid. <laughs> Hang on, who's this baby man spider walking round? Don't ask me. They're, uh, what's he called? Ollivander is assessing Cedric Diggory's wand. It's in very good condition. And, uh, Cedric, Cedric <laughs> yeah. Diggory goes, uh, thanks, polished it myself last night. Oh, right? yeah. No innuendo. But, oh, sorry. No innuendo, but, God, what a waste. So, it just goes to show you got to live for the moment, right? Yeah. Because Cedric Diggory, 
at the end of this book, dies. I <laughs> don't <laughs> want to tell you. Did you hear well, that, Amos? But will you re- on his? Do you reckon when he's lay there dying, <laughs> he died instantly. But before he's about to die, do you reckon for a moment he thinks, "Why or oh why did I spend so many of my evenings polishing my wand?" Oh, honestly. <laughs> Look, I feel like going back in time, saying, Hed- Hedrick, saying, Cedric, look, you've only got six months left. Stop polishing your wand. Come down and talk to your friends. Please. You don't know how precious these moments are. I know. I know. Hagrid, Hagrid Harry is really living life right, you know. He lives on impulse like a dog. A hundred percent. He sees a squirrel, he chases it. Yeah. And he lives forever. Yeah. He lives forever. He follows his nose. He lives the dream. In the last book, someone tries to kill him and they succeed. They shoot an Avadakadaver curse at his body and he survives it. Yeah. And do you see him polishing his wand? No. Momentarily, with a bit of spit in his clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they spit in his robe. Oh, better give it a quick one. And Fleur de la Cleur snarls down at his nose at him. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ollivander, right, is testing out these wands. He's using the weirdest spells. Orchidias. Oh, flowers, lovely. At one point, he does a spell where wine pours out of the wand. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Perk of the job. It generally, generally does seem very unnecessary, this weighing of the wands ne- ceremony. It's yeah. to make sure everyone's wand is in good nick. Why wouldn't they be? They've had them for three years. Yeah. Come on. As long as they're not snapped in half, they'll be fine. I wouldn't choose Vila hair myself, wouldn't you not? My nana's half Vila. My nana's full Vila. Racist. Shut your gob. Oh, well, okay. Because also, if it's not adequate, what are you going to do? You're going to make me a new one that I have to adapt to within a week. You bastard. You bastard. Oh, and then they all have the photos taken, and it reminds me of a very funny story about... uh, So you know our friend Maggie, don't you? Yeah. Now, her daughter uh, went to school one day thinking it was World Book Day. But it was not World Book Day. It was Take Your Photo Day. So in her, I think, year one photo, she is there dressed as the Gruffalo. (laughs) 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 And all the other kids are in their school uniform. (laughs) Oh, that's got to be amazing if you're a teacher. So if you're a teacher, day after day, nothing happens to you. And then all of a sudden, the Gruffalo comes in. (laughs) You're just going to love it, aren't you? It's the Gruffalo. <laughs> Brilliant. So many people got so many stories of that, and it goes down to not listening at school. Yeah. Because where she got World Book Day from? I know. I don't know. Year one. I think it was like year, she was very small. It might have even been like reception or something like that. I had a friend in uh, uni who told me a story. He. <laughs> he went to Scouts, and for some reason, him and his brother thought for some reason that going into Scouts that day was like Funny Clothes Day. <laughs> it's Funny Clothes Day. They've got it in their head. Everyone was going to be wearing like funny clothes. And these two little boys in like year one and year two went in uh, dressed like in their dad's shirt with, yeah, it, on, yeah, with, yeah. with it on backwards and they were like, Whoa, like, like. 
<laughs> flopping the arms about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mum and dad, they got taken into the room. Everyone sat there in their normal scout uniform. <laughs> and now these two were just in his <laughs> <laughs> picture. <laughs> it's funny, clothes day. But they must have got that information from somewhere. And then, oh, here's an interesting thing. We get. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> it's something that may interest you. Uh, we get a bit of an insight into Victor Crumb, who doesn't seem to enjoy the limelight as much as you think, which might be... I think he's a, a misunderstood character, isn't he? You think of him as being big, gruff, tension seeker, he loves the limelight, but he's not quite like that, is he? No. Did you find that interesting? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, Harry gets a letter back from Sirius Black, and it says, Hey, meet the fire at the Gryffindor Tower at one in the morning on this day, and I'll see you Bring there. marshmallows. Bring marshmallows, yeah? I want you to feed me toast through it. I don't understand why he hasn't done this before. Why, why has he never had this fire conversation with Harry? We already know that fire conversations can happen. Yeah. We saw one at the beginning, remember? We've seen Amos in a fire, touching Mrs. Weasley's hand through it. And we've also seen apparating. Yeah. Right? These things are going to be happening. Yeah. We've heard about port keys as well. Maybe that'll come back. <laughs> yeah? We know you can see him in the fire. Why not talk to him like that? Regularly. Every Friday. Catch up with you. With your godfather. Yeah, he could just make a little bonfire in the garden, couldn't he? Yeah, exactly, Harry. Make a little bonfire in the garden. Okay. Hey, <laughs> you mug. Right. <laughs> How many grandmother velas out of five are you going to give this chapter? <laughs> I enjoyed this chapter. I like that we're getting a bit more... It's almost like soap opera type stuff, you know, like tiffs between friends. It's and... almost like soap opera type stuff. Tiffs between friends. <laughs> you know, uh, social problems, anxiety in school, all that kind of stuff. It's like an episode of Biker Grove, for God's sake. Or Waterloo Road for people 10 years younger. Uh, it's... It's good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, we've got the Wayne of the Wands. I personally like Rita Skeeter as a character. Uh, she is a nightmare, but I like that she's there. She exists. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give it a very solid four Grandmother Velas out of five. Excellent. For myself, I was very irritated by this chapter. Not because it was poorly written, just because it made me feel bad emotions. Harry was upset for the whole chapter. And by, you know, osmosis, I, the reader, was upset for the whole chapter. Everything was upsetting me. Everyone was picking on him. Everyone was looking down their nose at him. No one was listening to him. For that reason, uh, I give him a very shallow one grandmother out of five. Oof! Right, are you ready for this week's episode of Quiz? Yes. Quiz, 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 quiz,
Who other than Ron was off with Harry? Everybody. Hedwig. Oh. Question three. <laughs> what did Hagrid carry the scroots in? Crates. It's a teetering tower of crates. Oh, come on. <laughs> Question four. How long is Harry's wand? Oh, um, nine and three quarters. No, 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 no. Ignore me. Eleven and a half inches. Eleven inches. Oh. Question five. Who did Harry get a letter off at the end of the chapter? Serious. Well done! One out of five! You've lost the quiz. Quiz, 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 we're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's droppings. What's in a beak this week? Well, we've had a lovely message from Alice Rayner on Instagram. She says, hi, Tom and Lucas. I just wanted to get in touch and say how much I'm loving the podcast. I've been off work <laughs> sick with the lurgy this week, so was looking for something new to cheer myself up with while I isolate. Found Pottervision and I've been totally binging it. I listen to Harry Potter every night to go to sleep. So know the book's back to front and I love that you guys pick out minute details I've been thinking about for years. Especially how does Quirrell poop with Voldemort on the back of his head? Also love your friendship and the way you natter to each other. It made me feel like I've had two mates in my room with me making me laugh. Not in a weird way though. <laughs> then uh, she's booked to come to see us in Leeds in May and can't wait. Thanks for being super cool and fun. That's lovely. Now, she also has a question. She says, something I wanted to ask. Imagine it's karaoke night at the Hogshead. What are all your favourite characters choosing to sing? <laughs> <laughs> First up, I'm thinking Harry Potter, I will survive. Gloria Gaynor. Yep. Ron Weasley, Vindaloo, Fat Les. <laughs> Fred and George will be singing the Cheeky Song by the Cheeky Girls. <laughs> the twins, of course. Touch my bum, this is nice. Yeah. Um, Hermione Granger will be singing something by Wagner from The X Factor. <laughs> and uh, Dumbledore will be singing Wild Horses, the version by Susan Boyle. <laughs> Lucas's dad told me a joke. <laughs> right, can I before I preempt this joke, we were sat having a pizza after Belfast, and this was a joke that my dad covered his mouth to tell Tom so that my mum couldn't hear this. It's joke. not that bad, it's and it's not, not that even that rude. Joke, but he whispered it into my ear with both hands like that. I was like, what is this joke gonna be? And he goes, Fella called in work, sick, calls up his boss, he goes, I'm too ill to come in. And his boss goes, how sick are you? He goes, how sick am I? I'm in bed with Susan Boyle. <laughs> What's it all called? I can't remember. Um, oh, he goes, how sick am I? <laughs> I'm in bed with Nicholas Sturgeon and Susan Boyle. <laughs> Why Nicholas Sturgeon as well? Why she picked? <laughs> Poor Nicola. Poor Susan. Imagine a bloke whispering that into your ear. <laughs> As if that was too rude for me mum to listen to. Oh, you mucky. You mucky. Well, thank you very much, Alice. 
And we've had another message on Instagram. He's back. It's Ginge Pixel. <laughs> the he, return of him. The return. He says, right, we want to take Harry, Ron, Hermione, Voldemort, Professor Slughorn and one of Dudley's mates and put them in The Apprentice. What tasks would they do and who would win? <laughs> now, Snape apparently <laughs> is Alan Sugar, Bellatrix and Uncle Durs. Uncle Dursley, yeah, Uncle Vernon, are his assistants. Right. Well, Harry's not winning with that. <laughs> with them in charge, yeah, they Snape, Uncle Vernon and Bellatrix. I feel like they'd bully Harry out. Yeah. They've got a tendency to do that on The Apprentice. They get rid of the uh, clever ones. Oh, do they? I don't know, I don't watch it. Oh, do they? Right, right, right. Do you watch it? No, no. Well, I guess they'd have a, uh, a jelly beanie in, uh, no, selling challenge. Yeah, yeah. I reckon they'd have to make, like, a family broom. A broom for a whole family to ride on. Oh, that's good. And try and sell it. That'd be good. But I think Slughorn's not going to be any use to any team, I don't think. <laughs> Dudley's mate can't do magic. He's just he's just there for the ride. Uh, Voldemort, pretty powerful wizard. Hermione's clever. Ron, probably not much use. And Harry really isn't that, like intuitive with his magic is he no he always forgets he can do magic so i think hermione and voldemort are in the final it's going to be between them hermione's got the brains voldemort's got the brawn voldemort will win because he's got this power over people it's a cult of personality yeah voldemort's <laughs> gonna win because he's split his soul into seven pieces that are scattered across the globe and almost impossible to destroy hermione is mere mortal Okay. And also, two out of the three are supposedly Voldemort's followers. And I don't think Snape's going to give up his true, uh, you know, his true motives to let Hermione win The Apprentice. <laughs> so Voldemort, it's going to be Voldemort. And finally, we must welcome two wonderful babies into the world of our Patreon First of all, we've got a baby Harry, and it's Selena Taylor. Selena Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Selena, you are at the ice cream shop. You are, <laughs> you are in your high chair. You are guzzling ice cream as quick as you can, but all of a sudden, brain freeze. I run across the room and slap the ice cream out of your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I flip you twice in the air and lovely. And we've got another baby Harry, and it's Vicky Halstead. Vicky Halstead. Vicky, you are wandering through the desert. <laughs> the sun is bleating down. There are beads of sweat are running off your head. You are about to cut open a cactus and drink <laughs> the liquid that falls out. But unfortunately, Vicky, that is poison. I run through the desert after you and just before... The <laughs> the liquid hits your mouth. I bat it away, lift you up, and mwah, 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 mwah. oh, lovely! <coughs> and I forgot we've also got a lovely, nice howler. Ooh. And it's from Marge and Shelley. They're back together. Have you listened to this yet? No, I have. Have you? Hi, Potter Vision boys. It's Marge. 
and Shelly. And we are hanging out for oh, the no, first no. time in a long time. And so tomorrow we're going to have breakfast together. And we're wondering, what do you guys usually have for breakfast together when you're on the road? Hey, Shelly, if you could only have three things for breakfast, what would they be? Coffee, blueberry muffin, egg. What about you, Margaret? I'm going to go with coffee, cream, egg. Sounds good. <laughs> what about you? Bye. That's a uh, great question. Could I have the same as her, please? But could I uh, swap <laughs> the blueberry muffin for cream? Thank you, lovely. What a great question. I think... So what, are we picking three or are we just saying what are we having on? Well, we went for that breakfast in Brighton, <laughs> didn't we? Which was like a full English type job, wasn't it? And uh, what can I get you? Have you got a uh, creme de la creme de Edgar? No, I've not got that in. <laughs> well, a few complaints people have been passing out of the table, have they? Oh, <laughs> well, I did bring this massive cracker. <laughs> but yeah, I think when we're on tour, we just think we're on holiday, don't we? Yeah. And we get like lavish meals. Three restaurants every day. So, yeah, we'll get like a bloody full English breakfast or... Breakfast we've had before, I've had a coffee, croissant and some yoghurt with a compote and uh, granola. What, what kind of breakfast do you have on tour? Sometimes I like a little pastry, like a pan au chocolat or a croissant, something like that. And he has like a monster energy drink or a Red Bull or something. No, I seem wired. I never have an energy drink. <laughs> I just have a normal drink. Uh, but yeah, and... Sometimes, yeah, I do like Eggs Benedict as well. That's a favourite of mine. I saw him drink a dehydrated milkshake once uh, on the outskirts of... What's a dehydrated milkshake? (laughs) On the outskirts of Edinburgh. We were staying in a travel lodge and he left his milkshake... Uh, like on, oh yeah, on the floor outside. He forgot about it, and then in the morning he went out and it all like evaporated. And he was like, oh, "What's good for the goose is good for the gander." And I was like, I "Don't know what that's in reference to." And he started drinking it. You don't have make up some <laughs> shit. It wasn't on the floor. It was just in my car from the previous night. And I, fi- so I it fin- did happen then. I finished off a milkshake that I d- drank half of the night before. Yes. It hadn't, de- it hadn't evaporated and it wasn't on the floor. He makes the... He embellishes the stories. No, it was so flat. You barely had any of it. And the all the... Oh, yeah. It was just like pure flavour. All the air and all the liquid had gone from it. And it was just this like paste at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. It was really vanilla It was very tasty. Dehydrated milkshake. Dehydrated milkshake. <laughs> and that was Hedwig's droppings. This has been the Pottervision Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We are still on tour. We're having a little break, but we are back in May. We are in Leeds. We are in Manchester. We are in Brighton. We are in London. And we are in Swansea. Uh, All in May. So come and see us in May. Also, we're doing a competition that will end this Friday. Uh, We have three tickets to give away for our 7pm show at the Lowry in Salford. All you have to do is send us a Potter-related drawing that is either good, bad or middling. And we'll pick our favourite and we'll give out some free tickets. And What can they win? 
Three tickets. Three tickets. Three tickets. Not three. Three, three, three tickets. Three free tickets to come and see us. Um, so, yeah, come on to that. Uh, we also have a Patreon. We've got over 25 bonus episodes of the pod. We have just released our, uh, our documentary of us going on the Forbidden Forest experience. That's a half-hour episode full of pictures, commentary, and video. There's loads of stuff. And, yeah, we'll hopefully see you on there, and you'll be supporting us as well. Next week, we are on episode 76, chapter 19 of The Goblet of Fire, The Hungarian Horntail. You have been a COVID-ridden Tom Lawrenson. And you have been a dehydrated, milkshake-drinking Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Pottervision.